Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Titanic Minute, your daily podcast where we discuss movie Titanic minute by minute. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined as always by my good friends, Joe and Duff. Happy to be here. Hello, my sweet peas. <laughs> come, come, my sweet pea, sweet pea. Uh, in this minute, minute 61 of Titanic, Jack escorts some ladies to dinner. Um... But before we get there, friends, we are introduced introduced to some more real-life first-class passengers. And uh, this one's a shout-out to you, Duff. We're introduced to Sir Cosmo Duff Gordon. Hell yeah. Um, I'm, sure and, he's a, I'm sure he's a relative. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, as we, we learn more. Is he one of the Minneapolis Duffs? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Duffy is Irish. I don't okay. know if he's Irish. He's related to Flash Gordon. <laughs> uh, based on what I know of my lineage, none of my Irish ancestors would have hung out with a first-class person. <laughs> you're more, you're more of the steerage duffs. Yes. Uh, so Sir Cosmo, once again, what a great name, uh, Sir Cosmo Duff Gordon. His family founded the Duff Gordon Sherry Bodega in Spain which still produces high-quality fortified wines. Nice. Hmm. Um, and that's a hint for who our heart of the ocean is going to be later this week. Um, and his, his, uh, he's married to uh, Lucille Duff Gordon, and uh, he's actually <clears throat> a lot less interesting than his wife. Um, but when he was married to Lucille, it was, uh, it was risque because she was a divorcee whose sister was a notorious romance novelist, guys. Notorious? A notorious one. Why, why was she notorious? <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't click on the Wikipedia link to find out more. <laughs> I feel like back in the day, any romance novelist was notorious, because it was kind of a, no, he was viewed as smut. It was before Fabio mainstreamed it all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> before those uh, Anne Rice vampire books. So. Mm-hmm. Um, in a continuing episode of how did they die uh he died in april of 1931 from natural causes um so he did survive and his wife lucille duff gordon which um she's sort of the more memorable one in this scene because uh uh rose makes a comment that uh, lucille designs naughty lingerie which my question is what makes it naughty swastikas (laughs) (laughs) swastikas <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i had the same question i like naughty lingerie like it's all kind of naughty in the sense that she's using that word like is there wholesome lingerie <laughs> i think the difference is if it's crotchless or not <laughs> <laughs> that's my best guess I think that they included ballots you could tear off so the women that bought it could vote. <laughs> uh, really naughty. And uh, she also, Rose also mentions that uh, very popular with the royals, which 
until I looked it up, I kept thinking she said very popular with the boils. And I was like, oh, man, what does this underwear do? Oh, <laughs> God. Gets you boils. Oh, um, <laughs> well, thanks for that image. Well, instead, we have an image of the royal family in crotchless lingerie. Having sex with their cousins. Yeah. Yes. Maybe that's why they got to do the... That's probably why they need the naughty lingerie. Hmm. To forget that it's their cousin? Yeah. Um, so Lucille, as I mentioned, is more interesting than Cosmo. He, uh, she, sorry, she originated the mannequin parade, which was the precursor to the modern fashion show. Um, and I think they should still be called mannequin parades. So and would you push a mannequin around in a wheelbarrow or something, like, or a platform? Once again, I did not click on the link, but I imagine, yes, in a wheelbarrow, and then they threw candy out of the wheelbarrow. Yeah, rather than research, that's that's canon now. It's just yes. like a, a child or a little person pushing a mannequin in a wheelbarrow full with Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> just throw it to the side. That's uh, what... Uh, Candy Rob's uh, empire turned into that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Got to keep up with the times. Uh, she also um, uh, trained uh, professional models. and didn't, um, you, didn't you start out doing that after college, Rob? Yeah. Yeah, I started it, but I aged out. <laughs> um. <laughs> the woman who plays uh, Lady Duff, she looks like a goth grown-up version of Cindy Lou Who. She does have that, like... <laughs> she that, looks like, like... Or something from a Dr. Seuss book. She looks like a, a, a lingerie first-class who or something. Yeah, she but, does have, like, that little look when she does the wave. Like, woo! <laughs> you, you know that she's... She likes to party. Well, of course, with her with her crotchless panties. Yes. Um, so but may or may not give you boils. <laughs> I'm really excited I'm, for Caroline to address this in the. Uh, <laughs> in I'm pretty. Letter. I'm pretty sure my note here should say liberating slit skirts, but it says literating slit skirts and low <laughs> necklines. <laughs> so she made skirts. I think it's a Freudian slip that you wish you were literate. <laughs> yeah, you wear the skirts and they help you learn to read. Well, put a skirt on, dude. <laughs> below below the knees. This is a family show. Um, and <laughs> she popularized less restrictive corsets and promoted alluring and pared-down lingerie. Um, a looser-fitting corset? How does that work? I, I know you cool. probably don't know the answer, but... Yeah, I didn't click on that one either. She's like the only non-evil rich person in this scene. Yeah. Yes, and she does survive, um, because how did she die? Breast cancer in 1935. She was 71. Oh, well. I mean, that's pretty old for that time um now we'll we'll talk about them later because there's a lot of titanic controversy about this couple so cal gets congratulations for rose from cosmo and then uh billy oh, Zane. thank you well thank you <laughs> <laughs> love it i love it billy zane um where's the i'm waiting for thurston hell from gilligan's island to show up i wish he were on this boat and uh, and and Molly Brown gives Jack a little last little little advice. We know Molly Brown is uh, not only unsinkable but also uh, very helpful. Quite savvy. Uh, good, yeah. good to know. She's very good to know. Yes. So she tells him to um, 
to pretend like you old own a gold mine, or as my notes say, pretend you're old a gold mine. <laughs> Can somebody send emergency medical personnel to uh, Rob's house in Madison? <laughs> He's having a stroke. And how much NyQuil do you take before you watch this movie for notes? <laughs> and as uh, as our former heart of the ocean, Rob, once told me, you need to sometimes walk in like you own the place. So that that's <laughs> my question for the, the day, actually. Okay. So if you guys were at this party and you had to pretend to be wealthy, you know, she suggests that you saying you own a gold mine and then... Uh, Old Rose says he. They maybe thought he was a an heir to a what a railroad fortune or something like that. Yeah, yeah. What would you guys railroad. pretend you got your money from? Uh, that would impress other people. Well, just you're or you're just... amongst the wealthy and you are masquerading as a mm-hmm. member of the upper crust. What would you say your background is? Is is and it what... is it 1912 or is it or is it now? <clears throat> Good uh, whichever you doesn't matter. Now, uh, fine. Now, uh, crypto kitties. <laughs> you actually stole my answer. I was going to say cryptocurrency of some <laughs> kind because with that you can say whatever the hell you want, and everyone just go, "Oh yeah, okay, oh, mm-hmm. sounds sounds legit." That's a that's uh, a good idea. But um, although they also wouldn't really believe you either, right? Like it's you're not an interesting person to talk. I guess maybe you would. Then you you would have to make sure you know the answers to. Or you could make it up. No, you too. don't. Like you just make them sold, up. Like the guy who sold Chuck E. Cheese tokens as Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> hero. King. <laughs> the hero. Hero of 2017, that man. Uh, I would say, uh, since Rob took my answer, I would say that I got rich off frivolous lawsuits. <laughs> that, like, oh. I, that like I purposefully hurt myself or like spilled coffee on myself or something. <laughs> You're like a patent or, troll? Yeah. <laughs> or, or you could make up something that everyone knows but that no one can really prove. Like you could be like, I invented that thing that keeps the pizza box up. Yeah, that's a good one too. Like you know oh, those smiley face T-shirts with the bullet hole in it. That was me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would you say, Joe? I'd say I married into the Sackler family, and we made all our money off of oxycotton. <laughs> <laughs> then, then you find out like just how, how accepting these rich people are. Like, oh. I lost a nephew to that. <laughs> they'd, they'd ask you if you had any oxy on you. Um, so just letting everyone know, it is the Sackler family that has made billions <laughs> off of Oxycontin. S-A-C-K-L-E-R. Sackler. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just just throwing that out there. But, you, but I mean, that's your father-in-law now, so maybe you shouldn't say so many bad things about yes, it. Yes, I married into the Sackler family <laughs> who have made billions off of uh, Oxycontin. Which has not been a problem at all. <laughs> well, it, it helps with pain. It yes. Helps with pain. You get the uh, eventually uh, eternal painlessness. <laughs> <laughs> the longest hug. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then Aster comes up here. We had met him earlier. Uh, he is the richest man who died on this boat. Uh, he asks if Jack is one of the Boston Dawsons. And Jack says, you know, no. Doesn't Chippewa it seem... I'm oh, sorry. Chippewa Falls Dawson's. Does it, this guy should be played by Timothy Dalton. Oh, yeah. He just seems like a poor man's Timothy Dalton. They might as well have gone all the way. Unfortunately, Tim, I looked it up. Timothy Dalton seemed to have been busy filming The Beautician and the Beast at this time, so he probably was unavailable. <laughs> 
What? I will say this about Aster. He seems, you know, I mean, he's he's kind of nice here, right? He he asks, he tries to get a question and start a conversation, and I think Jack does a good job of. Uh, one thing I enjoy about Jack during this this dinner sequence is he never really lies. Um, we have uh, Rose comes over with a voice over here uh, saying that he must have been nervous, uh, but he never faltered. They assumed he was one of them. Kind of talks about the you know the railroad tycoon, son of a railroad tycoon. Okay, first uh, of all, there's oh, no way they assumed he was one of them because they knew that there was a poor person coming to dinner. <laughs> well, well, I mean, well, who did? I mean, like, Aster didn't know, right? I'm sure Cal told everyone. I'm sure... Well, he does as soon as they sit down. Well, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. I guess that's one of the questions I we, have. We did skip over something that I think we need okay. to talk about. Well, let's talk about what, it, Joe. We're here for what that. What is this sweet pea thing? Because it seems like he's getting owned by Rose, who's ignoring him, but then there's no, like, reaction or anything. It's just totally... It, it's really odd, I think. Isn't it a term of endearment he has for Rose? Yeah, I know, but he like turns around, like calls to her twice, and she just yeah. doesn't answer him. It seems like something is missing there. Oh, I think I think he's just sort of like, even though he's, I think that's just like, uh, 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 he's asserting his his manliness slash ownership, if you will, of Rose there, because even no. though Jack. Well, I don't agree with it, but I'm just saying this is sort of, you know, his point of view that Jack has got uh, Rose on his arm and uh, Molly Brown and and Cal's got Ruth. And he's sort of saying like, oh, come on, sweet pea, like even though you've got his arm, have a fun little have a fun little play date tonight. We all know who you're coming home to. That's what Cal's thinking. I, 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 he's the tone of voice he's using. It seems like he's calling out to her, like looking for a response. Yeah. Like if I want Rob. Rob, <laughs> that'd be weird. Yeah, wouldn't you? And if you just didn't respond to me, that would be rude, right? But then, which is exactly what you would do. But maybe, maybe he was reading the menu. <laughs> uh, someone was like, "Oh, we I didn't look at the specials before we walked yeah, by." Yeah, we and he's missed like, that. Oh, it's a sweet pea. Sweet pea. Sweet pea. Sweet pea. <laughs> That must be it. They must have them posted outside the dining room. It's just a bowl of sweet peas. Yeah. <laughs> they just well, got a, a bag of frozen uh, green giant, jolly green giant peas, poured them in a bowl, a little sugar. Yeah, sweet pea. I have in my notes, uh, is sweet pea their safe word? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you guys have anything else for this actual minute before we jump into um, Google Group Monday? No, let's dive in. All let's right, go way back. let's go back in time. Google Extremely, Group Monday. Extremely Huey Lewis voice. <laughs> All right, so traveling back to uh, the summer of 2001. User the Frank Man. Frank Man is one word. So this, this is a long... Is he a man named Frank, or is he a man who is Frank? Well, I can email him, but I'm guessing that's a mystery lost to time. Well, maybe we can figure it out from the nature of his comment. So the Frank man says, and again, I'm condensing this. Hey, gang. Oh, don't and, condense Frank. And, well, it's <laughs> Frank has a lot to say. Okay. But Frank's, abridged, this is abridged Frank. He starts off, <laughs> and I'll let you guys answer this however you want, because he poses a question. He says, here's oh, a thought that I don't think we've ever explored in depth here, here being alt.movies.titanic. Is he, is he using the royal we, or is he talking about the we as in that community? That community. 
So of he dorks. says, what if it all never happened? <laughs> like the actual sinking of the Titanic? Yes. What if that dark April night had passed with just a gentle nudge against the iceberg, never buckling or rupturing a single hull plate? Of course we can only guess, but there's countless avenues to explore. Then he lists a lot of them. Okay. And he like he says, uh, Titanic, like her sister, her Olympic class sisters, would probably have been fitted out for battle in World War One, leading to question mark. Um, here's one. Without the shock of Titanic sinking, the Gilded Age's sense of invulnerability would have grown even more arrogant and self-assured until question mark. Uh, if those corporate political bigwig movers and shakers didn't die aboard Titanic, what kinds of grand or greedy deeds would they have gone on to accomplish with their lives? And he goes on like this. There's like yeah. five or six more. It, it's. I actually think it's an interesting thing. To, you know, it's an interesting scenario because there's. You know, we we talked uh, late last week and a little bit today with the introduction of these um, this these first class passengers. How uh, how rich and especially um, Astor. Is, but I think ultimately it doesn't matter because all this stuff just goes through their families and it just continues in a slightly different version, right? Most likely. Um, that At least from the perspective of what are these, you know, what do the rich people do or how does it impact them? Yeah. I mean, I think the bigger question is what happens to Rose and Jack if it doesn't hit? Do you guys have anything else for uh, for this episode? Minute 61? I think 61? we've kept these good people long enough. That's All right, well... Listeners, you should uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Titanic Minute. Or go to TitanicMinute.com and you'll see links. You can click on those and they'll, they'll go there too. We'll be, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 62. <laughs>